Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Go in Peace, a daily podcast from the Houghton College Chapel Office, where each day we take a look at one of our college lectionary texts and we ponder provocative thoughts so that we can truly go in peace to love and serve the Lord. My name is Michael Jordan. I'm dean of the chapel here at Houghton, and today is Tuesday, November 10th, and we're glad to share with you texts this week related to the gifts of God and Today, our three texts for the day are Psalm 37, verses 1 through 11, Genesis 13, 14 to 18, and Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 12. And I just want to share a few thoughts with you today about the text from Genesis. The Lord said to Abram, after Lot had separated from him, Raise your eyes now, and look from the place where you are, northwards and southwards and eastwards and westwards. For all the land that you see, I will give to you and your offspring forever. I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth, so that if one can count the dust of the earth, your offspring also can be counted. Rise up, walk through the length and the breadth of the land, for I will give it to you. So Abram moved his tent and came and settled by the oaks of Mamre, which are at Hebron. And there he built an altar to the Lord. So Abram receives land and offspring here. And, uh, you know, we could focus on either of these things because uh, these are, are gifts which sometimes are understood as gifts in our culture, but sometimes really not so much. Um, but particularly, I think that's true about offspring, right? The whole ancient world wanted offspring wanted lots of kids. And it's really hard for us to understand in modern times. Uh, in modern times, we, we tend to think of fertility as something to control. You know, uh, the fact that Jill and I have had five kids um, makes our family one of the biggest families really around. Um, you know, even in Houghton, there aren't that many families with five kids. Um, certainly not if you were to move to somewhere more suburban. I remember once visiting uh, the Georgetown neighborhood of Washington, D.C. with our family. At that point, we only had four kids, and as we walked around, you might as well have thought we had, like, ten kids, like we were the Duggars or something. Like, we, <laughs> people just could not believe our kind of big family, which seemed kind of extravagant and, um, and crazy to them. So, um, in our culture, we, we tend to think of fertility as something to control, and we, when we have kids, we tend to think, I should have as many kids as I can kind of responsibly raise and you know I need to be thinking about lots of, of factors when deciding uh, how many kids I feel like I, I can have or should have. Um, mo most of us, let's just say most of us today would not be thrilled um, with the, the promise that God has for Abraham where he says in verse 16, I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth. Like <laughs> I feel that way sometimes with five kids, but most of us would not be, be happy with that. Now, of course, keep in mind, right, that you go back even 100 years and certainly further than that, five kids is not a huge family, right? Um, that's because uh, up really until very modern times, they didn't think about fertility as something to control in quite the same way. Now, that's not to say they never wanted to control fertility. They certainly did in some ways, but children were understood as blessings and responsibilities, but not quite in the same way we think about it today. I'm not suggesting we revisit those days, so the fact that I have a big family, you can just breathe a sigh of relief about that if you like, that, that I'm not suggesting we go back to those days. But I do think it's very good for us to think about how we are 
bearing fruit. Like what God promises Abraham is that I will make you fruitful. And I do think that as we have kind of, uh, the way I often say it with our students, is that as we live in an era where we are kind of at odds with the creative potential of our bodies, right? Like where we, we look at our body's potential to create more human life and say that's a liability. Like when we live in that kind of time frame, we, we need to realize um, that we often, I think that, that, that the fact we're at odds with the creative potential of our bodies often means we're at odds with our bodies potential to create anything. We don't really understand ourselves as fruitful beings. And yet we feel deeply sad when we feel like we haven't contributed something, right? Like that, that idea of like, I'm useless, I'm worthless, there's nothing new here because of me. And we want to make a difference. We want to make a change. We, wanna, we want the future to look somehow different because we've occupied this space and time. And it's important, I think, for us to hold on to that, right? To, to to realize that as we've had fewer and fewer kids, and that perhaps I think is a, a normal kind of reality for us living in the scientific age we do, that that desire to, I want to bear fruit, I want to leave a legacy, I want to do something that, um, that touches the world with God's love, like that's a really important thing. How are we bearing fruit? Maybe you will hear this and rethink your child choices. That's not really my goal. My goal is that we need something in our life to not just think about how life is about ourselves and our enjoyment. It is about the fruit that we bear, right? The fact that, that God could look at Abraham and say, you will have a fruitful body. Abraham was able to receive that with joy. And in the same way, the thought that we were not just placed here for our own enjoyment or our own kind of satisfaction, like we can feel that like that's kind of like, oh man, it's raining me in. You know, I really, I, deep down, I want to live for my own satisfaction, etc. But in the end, it's a joyous thing to know that we're created for more than that. Like we were created for the messy business of bearing fruit and that God makes it possible for us. Like that's a gift, not a threat from God. <laughs> There's so much in the world that is that kind of fruit. And it's not, again, it's not just physical life. It's, you know, something new that you start and that you think about. Um, it's, it's, it's a group of friends that you gather together with and you impact each other's lives in ways that it goes, uh, it's not just an ordinary little Bible study, but uh, the fact that you gather shapes the way that you go to your job and your friends go to their jobs. Um, fruitfulness is possible in all kinds of human relationships. And this should bring us joy because it's a gift that God gives us. God, we acknowledge that sometimes we do live at odds with our own fruitfulness. We, we want a life that's happy for us. We want to be able to do the things we want to do. We want to be able to enjoy our freedom. And yet, God, we know that um, Abraham was overwhelmed and thrilled to know that he would bear fruit with his life. And we pray, God, that you would bring that to us, too. Not that we'll have descendants like the dust of the earth, necessarily, but that there will be something that we, by the power of your Spirit, can set in motion that will change the world and will bring forth fruit that we don't fully understand in the moment. God, we want to be faithful to you, um, but you reward that faithfulness not just by giving us more jobs to do, but by helping us to see what faithfulness to you can produce. So we pray, God, that you'll give us a taste of that in our lives. We ask all this through Christ. Amen. Well, as always, wonderful to talk with you. I'm very pleasant to pass another Tuesday morning with you. So we'll look forward to talking you, to you tomorrow. Until then, go in peace to love and serve the Lord.